So this morning's reading is from the book of John, chapter 21. And it starts at verse 1 and goes through to verse 14. Jesus and the miraculous catch of fish. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred metres. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals there, with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. So good to be with you this morning. Um, let's start by praying together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are here with us this morning. May we have hearts and ears that are open to all that you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as Simon said, this morning we're continuing to look at what Jesus did in the days and the weeks after his triumphant resurrection. Uh, last week, Simon reminded us how Jesus appeared to his disciples behind locked doors, offering them peace and sending them out uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit by that gift. And we're even told that these were the first of many, many miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples that aren't even recorded in John's Gospel. Uh, and I don't know about you, but verses like that, uh, for me, are as equally mind-blowing as they are incredibly frustrating. Um, on the one hand, uh, it's like, tell me, John, seriously, what are they? I want to know more about the miracles that Jesus performed. And on the other hand, it's that sense of, wow, there is so, so 
much more, more of the miraculous, more of the remarkable, so much more to the resurrected Jesus, so much more that the resurrected Jesus did that was utterly astounding and yet remains mysterious that I'm not even going to be able to fathom this side of heaven. It's pretty breathtaking. Um, But we arrive now at chapter 21, which is the third account John gives us of Jesus appearing to his disciples after he uh, was raised from death to life. And John crafts this account so simply and so beautifully, including a number of seemingly small but insignificant details to provide assurance to those who would question Jesus' claim to be the Son of God, that he was exactly who he said he was, and that this was just the start of how the world would be transformed as a result of him coming to earth as fully human yet fully God, suffering the cross and conquering death itself. And so firstly, Jesus appears. Why here though and why now? I mean, I imagine, I might be wrong, but I imagine there was probably quite a lot going on in heaven right about that kind of time, you know? The resurrected Jesus had just conquered death once and for all, claiming the ultimate victory. And so to say that there was maybe one almighty galaxy-spanning celebration in full swing, maybe somewhat theologically sketchy, um, but true in some way, shape, or form, because the, the point is that Jesus could have literally done anything and appeared to anyone But why a seemingly random beach in Galilee? Well, on first glance, it would of course be to reassure his disciples that he had been victorious once again. But I think there are two distinctive reasons for this appearance. Jesus performs a miracle with some fish and he redeems Peter. Remarkably, in one sense, this is nothing new. Jesus had performed far greater miracles before, but there was a unique significance to this one, which we'll come to shortly. Jesus also redeems and commissions Peter for the task of building his church. And we'll hear more about that next week as we look at the verses that immediately follow this encounter. But I reckon Peter would have still been feeling pretty low pretty worthless and probably a real letdown. But Jesus isn't finished with Peter. In fact, Jesus has great promises and great plans for him. It's Peter that decides on the fishing trip, but it's Jesus who transforms it into something miraculous. It's Peter that throws himself into the water once John recognizes Jesus on the shore. But it's Jesus again that welcomes Peter and the others for an impromptu outdoor beach breakfast. The disciples had gone back to the work that they had done before Jesus had ever called them, probably out of necessity and most likely out of uncertainty as to what was going to happen to them next. What would they do? Where would they go? Jesus appeared to the disciples in the midst 
of their uncertainty. And he will meet you right in the middle of yours. There is uncertainty in all our lives at different times. But there's a national and an even an international uncertainty in the air right now. Hope, yes, absolutely. But arguably an uncertainty like many have never experienced before. And you may be feeling uncertain or anxious. Perhaps even like you've messed things up and you're kind of not good enough. You may be feeling, and now what? What's next? What does this next season, this next chapter of my life look like? Well, you can trust that God will provide all that you need. Just as Jesus said to the disciples, come and have breakfast. Jesus is saying to you today, come and spend time with me. There is so much that I want to show you. Secondly, Jesus calls. Jesus stands on the shore and calls out, friends, haven't you any fish? And his appearance here is unexpected, just like the previous appearances that he made. The disciples don't know it's Jesus who's calling to them in the dim morning light, in their work and in their toil to catch fish for their morning meal. Jesus just showed up at their work unannounced. Can you imagine if Jesus showed up at your workplace, your uni lecture hall, or in the middle of your afternoon gardening session? Jesus was interested in all of the disciples' lives, not just the times that they attended religious services or when they felt particularly holy. Uh, I love this quote by the 19th century evangelist and preacher G. Campbell Morgan. He writes in his commentary of these verses, the risen redeemer and ruler was showing his interest and power in the commonplace of their lives. And maybe today you feel preoccupied by past failures that you've experienced, as the disciples may well have done. Maybe you're unsure as to what exactly God would call you to. Maybe you feel your life is pretty sorted, pretty straightforward, and it's all a bit too commonplace and ordinary, as if God has kind of more important things or important people to be attending to. Well, you know what? He's calling you today. I wonder what your response will be. Because your friends need you. Your neighbors need you. This nation needs you. And heck, this world needs you. Why? Because you carry the beating heart of the resurrected Jesus Christ within you by his Holy Spirit. And my goodness me, if this world ever needed people who know Jesus and his love and his light and his mercy, it is right here and right now. Throw your net on the right side of the boat. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Friends, why don't we sit down with Jesus? Why don't we have breakfast with him? 
Or if, like me, you normally skip breakfast, maybe have lunch with him. Spend some time in his presence because he is desperate to spend time in yours. He wants to set you off on the greatest adventure of your life, which is to build his church and welcome people into his kingdom, not just on a Sunday, but on all the other days of the week as well. Not just at church or at church meetings, but on every day of the week, in your homes, in your workplaces, in your places of education, in your commonplace, and in your everyday. Thirdly and finally, Jesus provides. The disciples couldn't draw the net in because there were so many fish. They were successful beyond expectation. And that right there is the difference between doing work with divine guidance and doing it without. Stuff works out so much better when Jesus is involved. Jesus has done all this before in Luke chapter 5, by way of the miraculous, the disciples there had caught so many fish, their nets had started to buckle and break. Jesus had done it before, and he'll do it again. His promises are true. The disciples stepped out, and they did what they'd done probably hundreds and hundreds of times over hundreds of rising suns, and Jesus bless them beyond their wildest dreams and expectations. Jesus meets us too in the mundane and embraces us in the everyday. And I love this detail from verse 9. The disciples are towing the net in, full to bursting with fish. And it says, when they landed, they saw a fire with burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. The disciples, including a wet and soggy Peter, step out onto the shore and before them is the humble servant Jesus cooking for them. Not only that, but the order of events show us that Jesus had food for them before the great catch of fish was brought to him. What they caught added abundantly to the menu, but it didn't make it. Jesus did that. Jesus appeared to them in their uncertainty when they least expected it. He called them, gently directing their path, and he provided all that they needed. And yet he still relies on their talents, their skills, and their obedience to complete the meal and finish the task. And Jesus, too, will provide all that we need for all that he calls us to do. He wants to redeem and restore us and show us that he's interested in every part of who we are and what we do. Because that is where Jesus delights in being with you in your everyday, in order that he might show you that he loves you and so that you, in turn, in partnership with him, would show others how much he loves them too. Amen.
James. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll have the chance later in the service, uh, after we've received uh, bread at communion time, uh, to uh, respond in prayer uh, to that, either just quietly on your own or right at the end of the service. There will be the chance, if you're here in the building, to uh, pray uh, with somebody. If you really feel that God's uh, speaking to you and you just want to explore uh, what James has said and just and pray the reality of Jesus entering uh, the mundane, the commonplace uh, with us. And uh, now I'm going to ask Adrienne to come and lead us in our prayers. It is the Lord. As we pray, let us see Jesus. Forget the words, just concentrate on the Lord. Peter went quickly to the Lord. Let us be ready to respond to Jesus. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for the life of Prince Philip and for his dedication to our country and to the Queen. We pray for our beloved Queen that you will continue to comfort her in her grief and in her new loneliness. We thank you, Lord, that she continues to place you first in her life and sets us an example to follow. Thank you, Lord. We pray for our fellowship both here and watching at home, and we ask for healing. For those who are depressed, please give them joy. For those who are lonely, comfort and encourage them. For the sick, we ask for strength to cope with their illness and, if it is within your will, healing. For the fearful, give them courage to face tomorrow. For the elderly who find life very difficult, be with them. For those who have become confused, we pray for clarity of mind and the sure knowledge that Jesus loves them. However, Lord, we ask especially that you will take into your ever-open arms those who have lost their first love for you and remind them that, although we are fickle, you are our constant caring saviour who will never forget us. Guide us to be your hands and heart to help those in need. Our help comes from the Lord. Thank you, O oh God. We pray, Lord, for the countries which are still suffering from the pandemic. We think especially of India. Please provide staff, equipment, and food for the people in need. We thank you that we are hearing of less problems in our own country, and we are so grateful that many people have been vaccinated. We ask, Lord, that everyone continues to be cautious and thoughtful of others. 
We pray for help and healing for those who suffer from long, com long COVID and those in hospital now. We give thanks for everyone who has given sacrificially in time and strength to fight the virus. Thank you for your healing hand, O oh Lord. O oh Lord Jesus, you suffered dreadful violence in life, in your life on earth, for our salvation. It must grieve you to see the suffering caused by wars, conflicts, and riots that occur around the world. O oh Holy Spirit, spread love and peace between warring nations, between political parties, between religious groups, between people of different colored skin. Help men and women to listen to other people's ideas and opinions and to care and even love those with whom they disagree. Make us remember that all are equal in your sight. Never let us consider ourselves superior to others. Make us peacemakers and let us never cause discord. Dear Lord, to end, as we start another week, we claim one of your promises recorded by Luke. If you then Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to enrich our lives, to guide us through every day and constantly challenge us to remember to spread your word to those we meet. In your beloved name, amen.